This I Work For Him podcast is brought to you by the Pocket Testament League. Visit ptl.org for practical resources and encouragement to help you share your faith. ptl.org. As you're listening to us all over the place, we're so grateful that you've tuned in all over Virginia, all over Florida, and around the world, listening to our podcast and streaming off our website, iWorkRim.com. Before we get to our conversation today, kind of want to just jump in fast, but Martha, we need to step back for a minute and just invite people to engage with us on social media. That's right, Jim. So um, as we get to the point where we introduce our guest today, they he is using Facebook. So I'm going to just focus on Facebook today and encourage people to go to I Work For Him on Facebook, and it's I Work The Number For Him there you can find our schedule for the week, who we're interviewing, what we're talking about, past shows, um, sometimes some live stuff from us, and just you know encouragement throughout your day. So go ahead and like us, follow us, pin us, whatever you want to do on Facebook. You can send us a message too, or if you are getting something out of the show, Jim, it's a great way where they can go and do a recommendation on Facebook and make a comment to tell other people what it's meaning to them to learn about working for the Lord. And we'd love to hear from you always on the contact page uh, on our website, iworkforhim.com. That's iwork, the number four, him.com. We'd love to hear what you're thinking. And maybe you've got guests to refer to us. We're always available on our contact phone numbers and contact emails are always available on our website. You know, wherever we turn, Martha and I continue to see God raising up people in the kingdom to celebrate Jesus' followers living out their faith in their work, to celebrate the ministries, the discipling, discipling people living out their faith in the work. I don't know why, but I'm constantly amazed at the scale of this movement of God. It's coast to coast, red state and blue state, north and south, east of the Mississippi, west of the Mississippi. God is moving mightily in the hearts and minds of Christ followers, encouraging them to live out their faith in their work, no matter what that work may be, so that Jesus can be made famous. You know, about a month ago, a listener in in Washington, D.C. told me about a brand new Faith and Work radio program called Faith and Work Radio. I was immediately excited as I'm always looking for people to collaborate with on the airwaves and to make this movement famous because of who it is all about, Jesus. What's the story behind Faith at Work Radio in Washington, D.C.? I don't know. We're going to find out together. Today, we introduce you, the iWorkRim audience, to Carl Grant III and his Faith at Work radio program. You can check him out online on Facebook, Facebook forward slash Faith at Work Radio, Facebook.com forward slash Faith at Work Radio. Carl Grant III, welcome to iWork for Him. Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Martha. Glad to be mm-hmm. here. Well, we're excited, and as we do, Carl, with every first-time guest on iWorkRim, we always ask this question and have since the beginning of the show. How did you, Carl Grant III, become a follower of Jesus? Well, amazingly, um, at the age of 24, I had not really heard about Jesus. I mean, I've seen pictures of him, and, and obviously I grew up in a home where we celebrated Christmas, but I didn't really make the connection. And mm-hmm. So at the age of 24, when I was heading off to graduate school at Indiana University, driving from the main highway to my apartment, I noticed that the road leading to my apartment was lined with churches. Literally, there must have been 20 churches along that road. And I got the sense as I was driving to my apartment that perhaps God was calling me. It was just one of those feelings you get when you see that many churches, and I've never seen that many churches in my life. And so... Around that time in graduate school, um, God, I, I didn't realize it was God doing it at the time, but, but he started convicting me of sin in my life and um, of unhealthy patterns of behavior that, that I knew I needed to change. 
but wasn't having any success changing them in the flesh. And so around that time, I went to, actually between the two years of graduate school, I went to Army um, annual training down at, in, in uh, Panama uh, City, Panama. We were the first unit to stay off of a military post after we had invaded Panama back in the late 80s, early 90s. And and so being the first unit off of post, the Panamanians were, a lot of them were really happy to see us because they wanted us to come out and spend our money in the, in the community. And so the night after training, the first night, I'm heading out with a group of soldiers uh, into the town. We didn't have a plan. And I looked at the, the fellows in my unit and I said, what are you guys planning to do tonight? And they said, well, we're going to pursue these prostitutes out here in front of the hotel. And that didn't seem like such a good idea to me. So I turned to this guy <laughs> named Wayne, and I said, Wayne, Wayne was uh, uh, from Mississippi. He was attached to our unit for training uh, for those two weeks. I said, Wayne, what are you doing? And uh, he didn't seem down with the prostitutes either. So he said, I had looked out my window, and I saw some lights down the streets. And it looks like they're having a church service down there. So literally, I had the choice between prostitutes and church. And I said, Wayne, I think I'm going to go with you. And so <laughs> I, I head down the street with Wayne. I was a little nervous, to be honest with you, because we had just invaded their country. Not everybody liked us down there. And, and we were two, you know, sunburned uh, Caucasian guys that stuck out like sore thumbs in Panama. And so we're heading down uh, the street. And there's a back street. And church is even a, a strong word, because this was really a sheet metal roof held up by, you know, sticks and yeah. uh, had a dirt floor. And the people in the congregation were poor. Some of them didn't have shirts, shoes. Some of them had torn shirts. And, and yet I looked at these people, and they had this, this joy that I could not place. They, 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 they radiated, um, you know, almost like, as like they were glowing. And why are these people so happy? They have nothing, and I've got everything. And I couldn't really place it. So I, I eventually was coaxed into the congregation there with Wayne. We didn't sit down at the time. We were standing up. Uh, in fact, the whole congregation was standing up. They were singing and, and praising and waving their hands in the air. I didn't know what these people were doing because I had not been part of this in my life. You have mm -hmm. to understand. And so right in the middle of all of this, this powerful wind blows through the congregation, and, and it blew right through me. I had never felt anything like this. This was a wind that didn't blow my clothes or what little bit of hair I had on my head. It blew right through me, and it startled me. I looked at Wayne, and I said, Wayne, did you feel that? And he said, I did. And at that point, we sat down, and we listened to the whole thing in Spanish. And, uh, and afterwards, I just knew that I needed to be in church. And so when I got back to Indiana, I started going to to church, and I didn't know what church to go to, so I started, well, I had a lot of churches to choose from, as I told you. Mm -hmm. I started going to the 9 o'clocks and 11 o'clocks, and, and I, was, I wasn't sure what I was looking for, um, but, and I didn't realize it at the time, but it was in the Bible that, uh, that you will know my disciples by the way they love one another, and so I happened into a church where the people had this overwhelming love for each other. I just never had seen people like this before in my life. I had older ladies cooking me uh, dinners and, and girls in the church baking me cookies, and I said, I could hang out with you guys. And so I stuck around, and um, 
and listen to the the pastor. He's still alive. Uh, in fact, he's listening to my my uh, podcast in Indiana and commenting on it. It's great. But uh, he he um, was preaching through the Book of Ephesians, and there was this woman uh, who lived across the street from me, a young young woman, uh, undergraduate, um, and her name was Anne. And Anne was a Christian, and and she saw me going to church, and she would start talking to me about God all the time. And I was really interested in what she had to say because she knew things that I didn't know. And she told me about how she would pray prostrate, and it, it seemed kind of weird to me, but but I was intrigued. So I listened to her. And so one day I'm standing out there uh, talking to Ann and her friend Mandy. Uh, Ann had blonde hair. Mandy had red hair. I can picture it as if it was yesterday. This was a long time ago. This was back in 1990, I think. Yeah, it was. Uh, and mm-hmm. and so we're talking, and I don't remember what we were talking about. It must have been God, because that's all Anne ever talked about. And and all of a sudden, the second and only time this has ever happened in my life, that wind came again, and it blew. And I'm freaking out at this point. I'm, you know, I'm saying, there it is! There it is! There it is! <laughs> wow. And, and uh, and Anne looks at me with no doubt in her eyes, and she goes, that is the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what the Holy Spirit was, but I'm glad that she knew what this was and could, could tell me. And Mandy, the redhead, who was an atheist, she just started crying uncontrollably. And I'm, I'm not a huggy person. I mean, if somebody reaches out to hug me, I'll hug them back. But I'll, I'll never initiate a hug. Well, the three of us were just hugging each other after this. I mean, just, you know, it was it was a really odd experience, and we never talked about it again. Uh, but shortly after that, I, I went to church, and I was sitting in my normal spot in the back of the back pew, and the pastor gave an altar call. He did it every, every weekend, and nobody ever walked forward, ever, uh, mm. except this Sunday. And uh, he he said something, and I'm not really good at quoting scripture verbatim, but I, this is how I remember it. He said something to the effect, quoting Jesus, he who acknowledges me before man, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven, but he who disowns me before man, I will disown before my Father in heaven. And at that point in time, I realized I have never acknowledged him. And and you know, the conviction came over me, and I got up out of my seat. I I didn't even know, you know, really that you were supposed to do this, but I walked forward and I I, I said to the pastor, I said I need to acknowledge him, and uh, and I did. And uh, that day I was baptized, and uh, and life changed. I was handed a, a New Testament, uh, first time in my life, and I began reading it, and uh, I just remember I, I felt like I was being turned inside out because there were scriptures like he who wishes to be first must be the last and servant of all. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, this is like, goes against everything I've ever uh, been taught in my life. And so look, life was different. I, I, at that point in time made, made some decisions in my life that, that I stuck to. Uh, One was that I wasn't going to be with a woman until I got married. And, Mm. and I held to it for four years until I married my now wife. We dated for three years. We have five kids now and a very happy marriage, but just a lot of a lot of things changed uh, at that point. I had power over sin in my life, not I, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, I could say no to things that I in the past couldn't, and so that's Excellent. where I am today. So, was it Army Reserves that you were serving in, or was, were you? I mean, what, what was your armed service uh, all about? Right, I was I was in a public affairs detachment uh, in the Army Reserve at the time. And how many years did you serve as that? serve in that capacity. And so I was in 14 years, 10 and a half good years. Uh, that is 
good years towards retirement. Not quite enough to retire on, but uh, but I, I love those time those times in my life. Well, you've been studying the scriptures long enough to know there's really no such thing as retirement anyway, so that, that's okay. <laughs> so so <laughs> you, you got you got your grad degree. What's your grad degree in? I got an MBA there at Indiana. I, I right, became so. a believer and I and I got the MBA. Wow, fantastic! So you got an MBA. You've got some service time. You're in the you're in the Army Reserves. You got an MBA. At what point in time did you make that connection? Or maybe you are maybe it just was natural. But at what point in time did you make that connection between your faith and your work? Well, interestingly, I was in a startup in 2000, and th- those were crazy, heady days of the internet. Uh, I was with the first company to put video over the internet. We raised a $36 million Series A round. I was part of the management team, and then the market crashed as soon as we got our money. And and it was a challenging time uh, in that we were having layoffs uh, seemed regularly every month, yeah. and uh, and it, it drove uh, the Christians in that company to find one another. And we uh, down in the basement of the building, we had a prayer group that started a meeting, and uh, that was the beginning right there as we prayed through that. And uh, and then the next company I went to was was another venture back startup that had a similar fate, uh, but. Through that uh, startup, uh, I learned about the high tech prayer breakfast ministry, and it was really a calling. It, it was, I, I got tugged at my heart to do it, but when I actually went to the, the, the prayer breakfast originated in Atlanta, Georgia, and I saw 2,000 people in a room hearing the gospel, I thought, there's no way I'm going to do this. <laughs> there's <laughs> no way I'm doing this. This is too far out there, and everybody's going to know I'm a believer. I'm going to have to be nice to everyone, and I don't know that I can live up to that. And so this is literally the thought process. So I'm hiding behind my desk in, in my office, and um, a buddy of mine named Randy, who we're still doing ministry together today, comes in to my office behind my desk, gets in my face, and he says, God called you to do this, and you need to do this. And I And I you know, with shame on my face, I said, you're right. And and so I I got out from my, you know, outside of my comfort zone, and I stepped out and, and did what he called me to do. And so tell us about what that was, because um, for a lot of our listeners, they may not know what a high-tech breakfast is, and what it was it exactly that God was calling you to do in regards to a high-tech breakfast. The high tech prayer breakfast is a is a workplace ministry, and what that means is that we have a speaker. It's usually somebody involved in the industry that that we book. Uh, at the time, it was just down in Atlanta. They had been doing it for uh, ten or twenty years before mm-hmm. before we had ever even heard about such a thing. And and then other business people host tables at the breakfast and invite people they know from a workplace. And so you come in in a business setting and you hear from a business person a gospel message that relates to to the people in the room. And it's, it's very, very powerful because nowadays not everybody goes to church. I never right. went to church growing up. And so this is the only exposure that some of these people get to the gospel message. And and they they come. They Every year they come. Some of them come several years before they finally, uh, you know, come to faith if they ever do. But, but at least they're hearing it. And what city were you in when when you were feeling called to do this? Oh, I was I was in the D.C. area. I was in in Reston, okay. Virginia, at the time. Okay, yeah. excellent. So, for our listeners, um, if you've just tuned in, we're talking with Carl Grant the Third, and we found out that he just recently started a radio show in the D.C. area called Faith at Work Radio. And if you want to learn more about this, go to Facebook and just type in Faith at Work Radio, all the the word at and Faith at Work Radio. 
and you can follow along and learn what he's doing there in D.C. But you're going to hear more about that now as we talk about it here on the radio. So what then did the Lord lead you? You you started this high-tech breakfast, prayer breakfast in the D.C. area, and that was 17 years ago? Mm-hmm. Sure was. And, wow. and that's how I got into the radio the radio show. Uh, I I actually was invited to um, be on a radio show uh, okay. at WFAX here in Tyson's Corner, Virginia, that covers the D.C. area, to talk about the, the breakfast. And interestingly, I have an undergraduate degree in broadcast journalism. And so when I walked into the radio station, ah. I, I said, well, I forgot how much fun this is. Because <laughs> oh. I hadn't done it in so many years, but everything still looked the same. And you know, <laughs> so I sat down, I did the interview, and I said, boy, I forgot how much fun this was. And the owner of the radio station said, well, do you want to do a show? And I said, really? And she said, yeah. And so, and, you know, here I was a month later with, the, with the, my own radio show. So that's how it happened. So we got about three minutes left in this segment. Why don't you talk about the kinds of interviews you are going to do on a weekly basis on Faith at Work Radio? What, what are you looking to, to highlight? Well, I'm trying to get normal normal people. A lot of them are CEOs of companies just because that's who I know, but not everybody. And and I want normal people to talk about their faith in the context of their lives. These are not paid professional ministers. I mean, we need those, but but not everybody's going to be exposed to those, and not everybody can relate to those. And so they sure. can relate to people they see in the workplace. And then I ask them about how they integrate their faith with their work. And I've had some really interesting stories. So why don't you give us an example, one of those stories? I mean, as you've gotten started, I mean, you're jumping in this, but you already have known you've got the faith, you have the high-tech prayer breakfast to pull from. You've been doing that 17 years, so you know tons of people that are living out their faith or, or bringing, inviting full table fulls of people every year to the high-tech prayer breakfast. What, who have been some of the people that you've interviewed? I mean, like, what have their stories been about? Well, I, one of the CEOs I interviewed told me that he prays for everybody in his company by name every week. And I, I said, wow, that's, that's quite a commitment. He said, yeah, it's been, but blessings have come, come through it. And he, he even prays over his Uber drivers. Uh, and so it's those kind of things that <laughs> I understand people just that. Don't, don't even think about doing. And, and he's had Uber, Uber drivers in tears because somebody cared enough uh, to pray mm-hmm. about them. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Wonderful. he was praying for safety, but okay. All right. So he's <laughs> praying for the Uber driver. Not just driver. praying no. because he's in, yeah, no. So, that's a, Go ahead, Martha. Well, one of the things, and, you know, I love hearing that that's what you're doing on your show because we know that we've heard from our listeners that hearing stories of everyday people connecting their faith and their work and realizing sometimes for the very first time that that, that is a desire of God to have, you know, he changes all of our life. And so um, the you highlighting stories that can help listeners to get more out of um, you know, their own workplace and their faith and making that connection. That's exactly what resonates with people and helps them to be challenged. So, Carl, in a minute, we got a minute left. What, uh, what this Saturday, you're doing a show every Saturday, right? Well, they're all actually done ahead of time. Uh, right. Record them on my Mac and then they, it goes up on Saturday. Yeah. So what time every day or every Saturday are you playing? It, it goes on at 9.30 a.m. in D.C., and the podcast is released across podcasting platforms. That's faith at sign work for the podcast, uh, okay. iTunes or whatever, whatever SoundCloud, whatever podcasting platform you use, you can find it there. So people can stream your show, right? I mean, so they can, they can stream off of the website, WFAX.com? In fact, I listen to it every Saturday on the website, no matter where I am, just to make sure everything is working. <laughs> just, you know? just to make sure that... We get that. Yeah. 
That's awesome. Do you ever listen to it and go, man, I can't believe I said that. I should have edited that. <laughs> you ever say, you ever think that no, yet? No, I've got a great audio editor, and, and so far, no. But we did record a show yesterday that we're not going to air on. <laughs> There's know, a story there we want you to hear. When it's, when it's recorded ahead of time, you can make those decisions. <laughs> yeah, we do We do some live radio, and that makes it more interesting. Okay, so for the audience that's listening today, Carl, they are familiar with us just highlighting stories of, of, of three different things. Ministries that are discipling people in the faith and work movement, people who've got great stories to tell, and authors that have written great books. You've been playing in a, in a rough-and-tumble world of venture capitalists and, and startups. I mean, that's a rough world. I mean, you know, and you said you got into it in 1990, so you, you got into all of the dot-com ridiculousness, and you got, I mean, there, there's been a lot of crazy stuff going on in the last 30 years in that world. How have you seen the Lord move in your work life for you to play, you know, to play out your faith? Because a lot of people that lose a lot of money make a lot of money, and so money's always screwing with people's minds. How do you see your faith playing out on a day-to-day basis? Well, interesting, you know, venture capitalists, I, I work with them every day. They're, they're masters of the universe, but they need Christ too. <laughs> so, you know, they, they they have problems just like the rest of us. Uh, I've been to two of their funerals over the past couple of years. Uh, one of them who who passed away way before his time at, mm. at the age of forty six. So, so things can happen that that rock your world. It's not all you know making money. Like like you said, there, there's money lost. In fact, you mentioned the DeNovo Bank. I was a founding board member of a bank, and and you know, on my bio it looks great. We sold it, but what you don't know is that we started that bank in 2007, and we could all probably remember what happened in 2008. Uh, you know, wow. Bear Stearns went down right in the middle of our capital raise, and uh, it just ruined our day. I mean, as you can imagine, we had raised, uh, I think, $9 million from our friends, and we needed, I think, $29 million to open the bank, and, and our investment banker was supposed to get the rest of that. And when we got on the conference call with our investment banker, we said, well, how much have you raised? We've got $9 million. And, and they said, well, we were only able to get $250,000. And we were like, what? <laughs> and so that was the end of that. And we had to, we had to do a, an asset sale. And so I lost in that, in that deal. I lost the money, uh, the first 11 years worth of savings that I did uh, mm-hmm. in that deal. And so, you know, that'll, that, that, that's something that'll drive you to faith because because um, that was a lot of money for me. But the the Lord has more than made it up, you know, many times over since then. Uh, but at the end, at that time, it seemed like the end of the world. So, where in all of this did you meet your bride? Oh, I met her uh, down in Georgetown, um, out with a actually with an Egyptian friend of mine. We were showing him around, and and she was out with a friend, and and we bumped into each other. And I think our second date was church. Oh, that's awesome. So so let's go back to, you know, this whole idea that, you know, you have had a very stressful environment of working in. And what are some of the ways that you've seen God's hand in um, in the work that you do and in just in the people that you rub shoulders with every day? Well, so the, the, the thing that a lot of people don't know is they, they, they think of faith and they think of the Bible and they think of a ritual on a Sunday, but they don't know what it looks like day to day. And mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do with this radio show and podcast is 
show people what this looks like. I mean, this is how you can exercise your faith in your work, and and everybody does it different. There's no, right. you know, just like uh, the body of Christ is very diverse. Some people have the gift of singing, and some people can can lay hands on and and pray and he, you know, have somebody healed, and others can preach, and others can have discernment, and it's the same way with people in the workplace. You know, some yep. people. Some people do it by by being quiet and praying. Others mm-hmm. others are more bold and they proclaim uh, boldly. Um, I what I try to do in in my day to day work is is I try to to put the word into action and and I do that by doing unto others as I, as I would have them do unto me and and it works. I mean when you go out and you and you give without the expectation of getting thing anything in return and. It's just amazing how how you you sow seed into the ground, you know, when you're when you're out doing this, and, and the the yield is enormous uh, because every time you do a favor for somebody, um, it, it just it, it creates a sense of goodwill, and and people feel good about you, and they want to do good for you, and and if you're not out trying to seek what they can do for you, you find out that you just build up enough of this over time. I've been doing this a long time that, that, you know, the referrals and the leads and the, and the business that comes your way is just amazing. And so that's how I see it working out in my life. That's excellent. So now you've trans you're, you're taking this opportunity that was presented to you to now have a radio show and to highlight stories of what God's doing in people's workplaces for others to hear what, kinds of, um, you gave one example of a CEO who prays by name for every employee during the, in every week. Um, what other kinds of, uh, stories have you been highlighting? Give us another example. Well, this past weekend, uh, we had a gentleman on who did really well back in the, the internet days. And at the age of 50, he felt the call to to leave his paying job and go into a ministry where he helps people who are unemployed. So he has a, I think it's like 250 people person, you know, person ministry um, through a church where where he's helping them develop their LinkedIn profiles and make connections and 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 all of that. And and it that's an amazing story. I mean, to 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 just stop doing a paid job at age of 50 and and devote your life to helping others. Uh, it, it, it's it's amazing, right? And, and th- there's things like that 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 people hear. I know my dad was really moved by that. He, you know, he he told me this morning, as a matter of fact, he said mm-hmm. he said, "Boy, I don't know, I don't know if I'm good enough to do something like that," you know. And and uh, you know, so it's it's those 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 types of stories that really challenge people. So we're talking with Carl Grant the third today, and he is the host of a new radio show out of Washington D.C. called Faith at Work Radio. And if you want to find him online, go to Facebook and type in Faith at AT Work Radio. And there you can learn more about him, his interviews, his podcast, all of that kind of information is there. Um, Carl, one of the things that you just said that really I know resonates for Jim and I is that we believe that, you know, retirement is not biblical, that that unless you're a Levitical priest, God has something for you to be doing until the end of your days. And that gentleman that you just talked about is a great example of that. In the world's eyes, he could sit back and relax and enjoy the the fruit of his um, earlier work, but he is paying it forward and helping people. And those are the kinds of ideas you have no idea when you were talking about sowing seeds and planting seeds, what kinds of seeds you may have planted in the heart of a listener that may perpetuate forward. 
So what do you, what do you see happening with your show in the in this this coming year as you continue to um to to set up shows and meet interviews? What are you hoping that your listeners will gain from listening? Well, it, interestingly, I, I yesterday I got a text message from a number I didn't even recognize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how much they like the show? I'm sure you might get some of these too. And I, I'm getting random messages on social media and so forth, which is really encouraging, to be honest with you. That yeah. that I'm touching people, you know, not just people here locally, but you know, I got a message from California uh, the other day. I mean, it's just really cool to see to see how it, it can get out there uh, through podcasting. But look, in terms of what I would like to say, I would like to see God's hand in this. I, I don't want to get out ahead of God. If, if he wants this on more radio stations, I mean, I, I'm getting bombarded uh, with emails from, from radio station groups. You know, this one's got 40 stations, this one's got 60 stations, and boy, it would be really cool to be on all those stations with these messages, but, but you know, that, that costs money. And uh, I, I need sponsors, and and I I don't know where to get these, but I, I think if God wants it there, um, he'll he'll make a way, and and he's already brought. I'm, I'm doing this uh, Bible Institute through my church uh, in the mornings, Tuesdays and Thursday mornings, and and a, a wonderful woman named Connie has stepped up and said, I want to help you with this. I want to help you book guests, and I want to help you. I want to help you find sponsors, and and you know I think it's wonderful. I'm just waiting to see what what the Lord does here. I I don't have anything really in mind, but I know that the potential is there, and it could mm. even be on television. Who knows? Wow, do you have a face for TV? Because we I've been told constantly I had a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I can still pull off television while I you know have a few years here, but you know not for long. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know how to respond to that. Okay, so listen, in the 17 years you've been involved in the high tech prayer breakfast. What have you seen? What trends have you seen in how people's faith and their work have grown? Because it's a movement. So I know in the last 17 years you've seen things. Tell us about some of the things you've seen. Well, when I when I started out in this, it was terrifying because it was taboo. You know that you didn't talk about you didn't talk about uh, faith or politics and work and. <laughs> Boy, how things have changed! Mm. Now, now everybody talks about both. Um, but but uh, but in terms of faith, uh, you know what what I saw was with the first prayer breakfast. I think we only had three hundred people there, and uh, you know it's it's we packed the room with eight hundred now, and but that's all we can fit. Um, you know we we didn't know what to expect, and and what we found was that that this was back in two thousand two is that. Now the Christians knew who each other were, and 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 they were kind of out of the out of the closet, if you will, and they mm-hmm. were they were able to to talk with one another, and then kind of you were at the breakfast, even if you weren't a believer, you were fair game to have a, a conversation with because you were there, and and boy, that over seventeen years of doing that, now people just you know come right out. I, I with eight hundred people in a room, I don't. I don't know who all's there. I mean, it's just a blur. Those those breakfasts that we do, but but I will be having a, a, a lunch meeting with the CEO or a partner with an accounting firm, and I'll think it's to talk about their business or you know um, referrals, and and they'll come out and they'll they'll tell me openly, you know, I've I've been struggling with this. I, I've 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 joined a an anger management class at church. And I mean, you know, I feel like a priest sometimes because people come to me with all their confessions. I, I at first it was a little, uh, you know, a little shocking. Now nothing will shock me because I've, I've had everything confessed <laughs> to me. And, and I just learned that, you know, you just do as Jesus would do, you know, I mean, uh, somebody comes and confesses some sin in their life and, and, you know, they look to you to see how you react. And, and I say, well, I'm going to say what Jesus would say, you know, go and sin no more. That's and, right. 
Carl Grant, here's my question for you. You're sitting in the nation's capital, and I know that that reaches out about 60 or 70 or 80 miles in all directions from D.C. You've been running this high-tech prayer breakfast for 17 years. You're involved in the entrepreneurial uh, community in that area. You're now on the radio talking in that area, sharing faith and work stories. Dream for me. What does it look like if Jesus followers all over the D.C. area metro would start living out their faith and their work? What would things look like? Well, you know, it's it's hard to even imagine that because, as you know, when you do a radio show, you can't really see the people you're talking to, and and so, I, you know, when I, I I also participate in a juvenile detention center ministry that I've been doing for 20 years, where I go in and and you get, you know, between uh, anywhere from from one to 25 kids in the room, and you can see their faces, and you can talk with them back and forth, and you know, you know what's going on in their life, and and you know what a changed life would be would look like. It would look like that person not coming back to that facility and not going right. to the the big house when they when they uh, you know turn into an adult and uh, and seeing them productive in the community uh, in the prayer breakfast it's a lot bigger scale there's 800 people in the room and, and still you can see them all in one room when you when you talk out into the radio I don't know who's listening I mean every now and then somebody will like the Facebook page or, or send a message on on Facebook and and that's really encouraging I mean the first one I got the first show I remember wow, somebody actually heard, actually heard <laughs> this, right? You know, And so it was really encouraging that one first message just, just you know, made my day. Uh, and so, yeah, I would love to know that I'm, I'm reaching people out there. I, you know, I, I'd love to have somebody just by mistake turn the radio dial and, and hear it uh, mm-hmm. on a Saturday morning and have their life changed by it. You know, like, oh, that's what it's all about. Oh, I can, I can take care of employees or, or I can serve my, my boss, you know, in a better way. And, and, and I, you know, I can, I can pray for others, you know, I can meet the needs of others. You know, there, there's, there's all sorts of practical ways to live out your faith. And I think we would all be a lot nicer to one another and a lot more caring if we, if we put God first and, and, and not ourselves. So why don't we talk about some of those strategies, as you just talked about, praying for people, putting others above ourselves. What do you see as your, as you walk day to day in that, in that venture capital startup kind of world, what do you see as the biggest obstacle to you, Carl Grant, every day as you try to live out your faith in your work? Oh, I, you know, I think it's my, my own, my own sinful nature. You know, just, just because you've come to, to Christ doesn't mean that your, your old fleshly nature is not there. I mean, it's there every day. It's a, it's a, a battle, you know, the spirit against the flesh. And, and I just know that he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. And so I just have to rely on God every day to, to guide me down the right path, doing the right things, saying the right things, acting in love, not acting in fear. Those are the things. I mean, it's a struggle that everybody has, and, and I'm and I'm not ashamed to talk about it because, you know, people think that uh, some people think that you 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 know become a believer and all of a sudden, whew, you know, you're you're this um, perfect sinless person who has no temptations. Well, that's not true. It's not true at all. And so I'm I'm still the same person I was, but just with a renewed spirit within me. Mm. You know, so one of the things um, you shared uh, that one of the ways that you started onto this radio show was you were invited on to, to share on another show about the um, high tech prayer breakfast that you've been involved in for many years, for 17 years. And it brought back to you um, the, the 
joy that you had actually trained for in your undergrad. And I want to talk about that for a minute because I think for a lot of listeners, they don't, they may not currently be using something that they have learned or a skill that they've kind of maybe put on a back shelf for one reason or another. And how surprised were you that all these years later, God is using something that you already had experience in? Make that connection for us. What, how did, how did that work out for you? I mean, what did, what did it show you about God's providence? Well, it just shows me that if you put him first in your life, he'll give you the desires of your heart. And, and interestingly, in, in my flesh, I tried to turn every job I had <laughs> literally into a TV show because that's what I really loved doing. I saw my dad doing it as I grew up. And, mm-hmm. and, and so, but it, nothing ever worked. I tried to, you know, you should see all the proposals and things I tried to do. <laughs> None of them worked. And then as I'm not trying to do anything, I'm just faithfully going and, and doing what God had called me to do. Uh, I, I walk in one day to do a radio show, and I walk out with my own radio show, and voila, who would have ever thought that uh, that he would have done this? And, and who knows what he'll do next? I'm not trying to do anything. I, I'm just mm-hmm. looking to see what doors he opens up, because those are the best places to go. It's places where you didn't try to go, and places, everything I've done in, in, in the ministry world, from the juvenile detention center to the prayer breakfast to planning a church to this radio show, it's all been callings from God. I haven't stepped out and said, I'm going to do this, right? And, and uh, in fact, I didn't want to do most of it. <laughs> I didn't want to do any of it, to be honest with you, except for the radio show. The radio show, I was kind of excited about. That was the first one where I was like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> oh, you know what happens when you say stuff like that? Well, I got this down. I thought it's good. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I, it's, it's not, I can do this. I mean, I, it was like, I can do this. It'll be fun to do this. It's, the first, yes. it's a lot more fun than going in the, in the, the juvenile detention center. I was, I was uh, terrified <laughs> the first time mm. I went in the juvenile detention center. But, you know, it was a calling, and, I, and here I am doing it. And I get joy out of doing it because it, the, the, they don't scare me anymore. In fact, um, you know, I scare them <laughs> when I bring the message. <laughs> And uh, tell them what it's going to be like if they don't listen, because I've seen it. I've been doing it for 20 years. So talk to the the listeners here today of the things that you've seen and learned as a result of all the different involvement of you watching your faith be lived out in your work as they're trying to figure out, okay, you play in the high tech world and and your startups have been in, in for sure, banking, as you mentioned some of that, but the venture capital world, sometimes people get lost in all of that the digitalness of it all and forget about the reality of eternity. Talk, talk to our listeners about what does that look like to be able to live out your faith boldly and do a really good job in the high tech world. Well, you know, the other, just two weeks ago, I had the CEO of VMware on the show Wow! and a guy named Pat Gelsinger. And he was the, he was in charge of the team at Intel that developed Wi-Fi. So everybody listening to this radio show can relate to that. I mean, we, we live from, you know, if you don't have a good data plan, you're running from Wi-Fi hotspot to Wi-Fi right. hotspot. And, and, and so you watch a guy like, like that who, who leads a, a huge company, yet he puts his faith into, into work. And it's really cool to see that. I mean, he, you know, he's a, got a very open company where people can share their ideas, including his. And, and, he'll, and when he goes into a... Uh, uh, another, uh, you know, goes on a, a a trip somewhere with his employees. He, he doesn't make it just about business. He'll, he'll have them go and build a house for somebody who doesn't have a house. 
and and it's it's unusual things that you can do like that when you have a position of of leadership that it causes employees to look and say like why do you do this stuff like what motivates you to go want to build a house for somebody and then the doors open to tell them this is why I do this and so I I think you know by just doing what I do and and doing it well and helping helping people, helping entrepreneurs raise money, helping people find jobs, helping venture capitalists find deals. You know, when they come and say, you know, why do you go out of your way to do what you do? Then I've got license to say, well, this is why I go out of my way. God went out of his way to save me from my sin. And, and you know what? That's the least I could do is do something for somebody else. As we're talking with Carl Grant, who's got a brand new radio program in the last several months out of the D.C. area metro. Faith at Work Radio. Find them on Facebook, Faith at Work Radio. Every Saturday morning, 9.30. You can check them out online. Hey, Carl, I, I want to ask you a question about one other thing that I read in your profile in a couple of different places. You're involved in the New Canaan Society. There's, We've never interviewed anybody from the New Canaan Society. What is that all about? Well, you know, I have gone to some of their events. In fact, I spoke. I've <laughs> gone to, yeah. I, I'm just remembering, I, I agreed to speak. Uh, at a at a breakfast in in January, and I had to be there at six forty five a.m. Now I live sixty miles away from D.C., so when, <laughs> when I when I booked that speaking engagement, it was so far in the future that I thought, well, that's it's, it's just never going to be here. <laughs> and then and then it, there it was, and so I got a hotel room in D.C. and got up and spoke, and it was great. I mean, it's it's all it's all woven together, and 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 so that that speaking engagement uh, brought out a number of people who have volunteered to to take some key roles within the prayer breakfast ministry. It's it's all connected. But other than that, that. New Canaan Society they 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 have local groups that meet um, that I've I've gone to visit those. Uh, most of them meet. We're going to have to cover it in the next show. I'm sorry, I thought it was a, I thought it was a shorter answer. New Canaan Society. <laughs> I'm sorry, Carl. We're out of time. Carl Grant, thanks for being on I Work for him this afternoon. Thanks for sharing a little bit of your story and have fun doing Faith and Work Radio in D.C. Thanks, Carl. Thank you. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, definitely our mission field, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.